Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Unfortunately, my co-host, Trey Lyle, could not be with us today. He had a scheduling conflict, so he's not able to be on today's episode of the podcast. But we do have a good one for you coming up. We have a very special guest today, and it's been a while since we've had a guest on the podcast. So I'm excited to get back into doing this, having guests on, having interviews. I'm excited for this one. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Most of our listeners, I'm sure, are in Virginia. So all of you should be interested in today's guest. Joining us on the podcast with his new book out with co-author Lacey Lusk is David Driver, the former sports editor at the Daily News Record in Harrisonburg, Virginia, a lifetime Virginia baseball fan. He's been all over the state covering baseball his entire career, and he has a new book out called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy. So I am very excited to have him join us on the podcast to break down his new book and what all went into putting it together. Joining me on the podcast this week is David Driver. David is the former sports editor at the Daily News Record in Harrisonburg, and he has a new book out with Lacey Lusk. It's From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy. David, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this book. You know, I I am a Virginia native. I'm a baseball lover. So anytime you combine those two things, I'm really excited about it. I know Virginia does have an extremely deep baseball history. So I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, what what inspired you and Lacey to put this book together, first of all? I, I guess in some ways, you know, we've, we've both um, covered baseball in various forms for probably the last 20 or 30 years. So um, I think that was part of it. We had talked, you know, we've covered the Nationals together um, at times over the past few years for various publications. So we've seen each other in the press box. We, we talked about doing a podcast at some point, actually, about the Nationals. But I think at this point, the, the market is uh, flooded with that. So, but um, to, to be more specific, um, I had finished in February, I had finished my first book about American basketball players in Europe. Um, my family's lived overseas for a few years. And so that was finished in February. And having gone through that experience of self-publishing and um, had a great uh, designer um, from, from Waynesboro, and the cover was done by a gentleman I met in Baltimore. So after that was finished in February, um, like you said, I'd been at the news record for almost two years and mostly during the pandemic and had collected a bunch of stories um, during that time. And then, of course, I grew up there and um, was there back at the news record back in the 1980s and covered baseball. So in some ways, it was kind of, for both of us, you know, a collection of our, our careers, but we wanted it to be current. So um, in February, we started mapping out a plan. 
Um, we wanted it, our, our goal was to include all levels of baseball in Virginia. Now, we didn't go down as far as Little League, but we tried to do high school, college, minor leagues, and major leagues. And we also wanted to represent the entire state the best we could. Um, so we divided the state into six regions. Um, we made it to all five of the minor league affiliates um, this spring and did new content on them. Um, you're from Rockingham County. We have a lot about the Rockingham County League, a lot about the Valley Baseball League. And then I'd say about a third of the chapters are, are on major league players, you know, from the 70s, 80s, and, and some currently. We have Justin Verlanders on the cover, and, of course, everybody knows about him. So that's kind of how it all came together. Um, uh, it was just, as you know, as a, as a person that follows baseball in Virginia, um, with the University of Virginia, has become a powerhouse. And then, of course, Virginia Tech, had a great season, and I was able to go there for the Blacksburg Regional. So it was just a really good season for amateur baseball in Virginia, and we wanted it to come out by August the 1st, and we were able to. So kind of a long-winded answer, but that's kind of how it all came together. Well, yeah, I love that. I love I love the way you guys set it up, skimming through it. You know, you have each separate region of Virginia and all the, the notable events, the notable players, coaches, uh, just, just baseball people from that region uh one thing that stood out to me when i started looking at the book was the the very second topic if you will was nick zona a former player for james madison and i remember him when i was broadcasting for the harrisonburg turks one year in 2019 he played for the team and so i saw nick zona and i was like well well what is he and what has he done to be that high up in the book and then i read his little section i didn't realize that he came from such a baseball deep family right and you know and i think you could make the case i mean you know uh fans of william and mary baseball could say well why isn't there a story on such and such you know so um you know we did have something on curtis pride but yeah it is there is a lot of jmu content uh, you know because of my bias from from being there and having connections there um but as we say on the back cover um i think what makes virginia a little bit unique is the Rockingham County Baseball League and the Valley Baseball League. I mean, they've been entrenched there for, you know, nearly 100 years. Um, They're two of the oldest leagues in the country. So um, we did draw heavily on the Shenandoah Valley. Um, You know, like you said, Nick does come from from a baseball family. I've talked to his father um, at times. He's a scout for the Nationals and uh, I think was with the Red Sox way back. Long-time scout. And, you know, Nick's brother is a pitching coach at a college in West Virginia. So, um, I guess that was another goal is is to not necessarily do a history of baseball in Virginia, but to tell the stories of people. Um, because in the end, sports is about people. And we like to watch the games, and um, certainly that's important. But you know, it's people's lives, whether they're amateur or professional. So um, we tried to find compelling stories, um, and you know, I'm sure we missed some, but you know, I hope we got some stories that there are interesting to readers. Talking with David Driver, his new book with Lacey Lusk is out now, covering the history of baseball and stories of baseball from all across Virginia. Uh, You've mentioned it. I am from Rockingham County. I grew up going to Rockingham County Baseball League games, Valley League games. I worked in both of those leagues. I have a very strong love for both of those leagues, and I was happy to see both of them very well represented in this book. And, you know, looking through it, it was just, it was cool to me thinking about how how I know a lot of these people well and you know these are baseball lifers you know to to us in small town America you know 
the RCBL is huge, and the the people that are enshrined in the Hall of Fame, they're icons, and so it's, it's cool seeing them listed, like Mike Bocock, um, Kurt Dudley, the voice of the Harrisonburg Turks, their PA announcer. I love him. The, just just everything that you have in here, and I'm like, wow, I know those guys. I know those people. I worked with them. It was really cool for me looking through that section. Yeah, th- th- that's been the feedback that we've gotten from people. I mean, I, I was at, I tried to catch as many of the county league playoff games. I've been going to, down to Virginia a lot from D.C. And, um, you know, I, I was at Stewart's Draft a couple weeks ago and uh, for one of the playoff games at Bridgewater. And a gentleman, who retired gentleman from Broadway, just came up and said hello and started telling me that he, he grew up in Broadway. He moved to Northern Virginia and worked for Giant Foods for 30-some years. And his son played high school baseball at Robinson High in Fairfax and one of his teammates was Steve Dunn who eventually made it to the major leagues with the Twins um, and was kind of Ken Herbeck's backup you know 30 years ago so that's been the that's been the absolute favorite part um, got an email from a gentleman just earlier this week who went to Turner Ashby in the 1960s with Ray Hewell um, and this gentleman Mr. Thomas his father played semi-pro ball in Pennsylvania back in the 40s and 50s so um, I, I love baseball history. Um, we didn't want to get too bogged down with the past, but but there is a lot of the '70s and '80s in the book. But yeah, that's that's been the best part is just meeting people, hearing their stories, and and again, um, and we say this on the back cover. I mean, sure, Norfolk and Richmond have been around for a long time as minor league affiliates. Great history there, but uh, and even the major leaguers that we focus, a lot of them come from small towns. I mean. Brad, and I think you're a Braves fan, Brad Klontz from Stewart, Virginia. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean I've mean, i been through there years ago. There's not much in Stewart, Virginia, but he's, <laughs> the I think, the only major league ever born there. He won a World Series ring with the Braves, of course, pitched at Virginia Tech. So um, that's what we – yeah, I think the small-town appeal of, of baseball in Virginia is, is a part of this book. I, so I do have to ask, because I, I am from Rockingham County originally, but I live in Richmond now, so those are kind of my two my two favorite areas of the state. And when I open up the book, and I, I'm looking through the, the first section, which is Richmond and the Capital Region, and I don't see Justin Verlander there, and said he's in the Tidewater section. Of course, he did go to <laughs> yeah. he did go to Old Dominion, but he grew up in Goochland County. So, what was the uh, the decision to put him in the Tidewater section of the book? Yeah, I, again, probably try to, to just divide things out a little bit to even it out. I mean, you're right; people like that could have gone in either either section. Um, one, we wanted to try to get as much representation of all the Division One schools that we could. Um, in Virginia, and, and there's a lot on Division Three as well. So yeah, maybe an oversight on our part, but um, we have a little bit of that too. You know, uh, Lorenzo Bundy played at JMU, but he's from Tappahannock, so um, we put him more in, in that in the eastern part of the state. So yeah, just tried to even things out. Um, but yeah, we we wanted to, you know, we probably I'm sure we missed things. You know, I've I've, I've already heard from several people about major leaguers that we didn't have anything on, and you know, we have 350 pages in the book. I'm sure we could have done 350 more, um, but we, you know, we wanted to make it at a nice, nice size. And, and the other thing is, we are updating it. We can update it with Amazon. We can update it, and then 12 hours later, it's a new edition. Not that we're doing that every day, but we are going to update the book um, as we go along. Probably after the regular season ends and the majors, and then we're even thinking of next spring putting out like a different edition with a new cover. So. Um, there are ways to kind of, in, 
you know, there are certainly things I wish that we'd have done better, but there are ways to improve it as we go along as well. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, another uh, Richmond area native, um, Jackie Bradley Jr. I have a, a coworker who went to South Carolina and is okay. a big Red Sox fan. So, you know, working here in the Richmond area, we like to, to joke about Jackie Bradley Jr. Call him the pride of Prince George, which maybe, yeah. you know, maybe you could give him that moniker. But I was glad to see a little a little section on him in the book as well. Yeah, I got to meet him a couple of years ago when he was at the Red Sox. I was doing some, some work at Nats Park and, and did something for him on a, on a youth magazine in terms of giving tips to youngsters. So I, I've met him once. Um you know, that's the other thing that's kind of tricky with this book. I mean, he got he got released by the Red Sox, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. And so those, you know, we're, those changes we can make eventually. Um, but, yeah, we wanted to represent him. What a career. You know, he's had a great career. You know, World Series ring, all-star, college, most valuable player of the college World Series. So, yeah, again, there's so, I mean, there's, there's 350 natives of Virginia that have made the major league. So, you know, you could do a chapter on all 350 of them. Uh, if you really wanted to, so we had to, we kind of had to pick and choose as, as we went. Yeah, of course, I'm sure. I'm sure it was, uh, it was difficult to, to choose who you were going to spend a lot of time on. Um, how how long did it take you guys to put this entire book together? I would say from from February one to August one. Um, and again, we both, you know, Lacey has a full time job. Um, he's, we're both married. Um, he has a child at home. My two children are, are grown and out of the house, but we both had other other gigs, so we were doing it the best we could um, with the time we had. And uh, you know, I feel really good about it. I mean, I also definitely give a credit to to Russ Mimack of the Baltimore area who did the cover, um, front and back cover. If people just you know, every time they see it, they say how good it looks. They say it doesn't look like a self published book. Um, because it looks so good. So, again, I had nothing to do with that. He did a great job. Um, and then our inside designer for the baseball book was um, was Russ Eames of the Walker Press in Harrisonburg. Um, he's a long time, he's been involved in publishing for a long time with the Mennonite Church, and he kind of went out on his own, started his own website, and he's helped people publish their book. So he was a great resource. It's been great to get to know him. We've met several times for coffee in Harrisonburg, and um, both of those Russes, uh, they both just happened to be named Russ, they made us look good. I mean, they just did a wonderful job. Yeah, it looks like a, a, a really well-done cover from what I've seen. Um, talking with David Driver, author of From Tidewater to Shenandoah, Snapshots of Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy, a really detailed look at the history of baseball in Virginia. So you said you went to a lot of baseball this summer. I think you said all five minor league affiliates in Virginia, and you've been going to a lot of RCBL playoff games. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. What is the best baseball environment in the state that you've been to? Wow, great question. And I, I haven't. There's places I still want to go to. Um, in talking to people, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday, um, and I think maybe you had some connections. You know, I haven't been to Pulaski. Um, um, I'd love to get to Bristol. So that part of state I haven't been to. I mean, I'm, I'm biased here. You, you mentioned growing up with the county league. I got, I was a, able to play in the county league for Clover Hill back in the 80s um, and played a couple years. We won a championship. But, but I was there a couple weeks ago for, for game five against Bridgewater. And 
Um, I hadn't been there for a couple of years. Um, well, I was there in June, actually, to interview some players for the book. But um, I st- stayed around. And just the atmosphere of that night, you know, people were saying, hey, this is how it used to be um, with the attendance and the trucks parked behind the gate. I mean, just, you know, it was just a great environment. Um, you know, Bobby Weiss was there. Mike Bocock was there. I got to see Coach Eatwell, who I played for at Turner Ashby. Um, Josh Tutwiler was actually there. He's in, he's our last chapter in the book. Um, his story is very compelling. I won't spoil it, but um, he survived a fall and um, ten years ago, and so he played at ODU and assistant coach at VCU and Turner Ashby guys. So I would say, I mean, it's hard to beat Clover Hill um, from the Valley League. And you know, I, I think about twenty years ago, somebody wrote a book about a year um, with the Newmarket Rebels. Um, I read that book about twenty years ago. They spent the season with Newmarket, so that's that's a great environment too. Small little town, the mountains off, you know, behind the center field fence. So I guess those are are two that come to mind uh, from the amateur level. Um, you know, I was in Lynchburg a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, and I hadn't been there for a while. So that that was really nice to see the Hillcats and. Was hoping maybe Chase DeLauder would be there um, after he was drafted by Cleveland, but it looks like that is not going to happen until at least next year. So, yeah, I I love Clover Hill. Going to games there as a kid, and then working there when I was working with the RCBL, it's a great place to watch a ball game. But I've been going to uh, as many games as I can around the state. I finally made it to Norfolk this year to mm-hmm. see a Tides mm-hmm. game, a beautiful stadium down there. Uh, I went to Fredericksburg last summer to go to a Fred Nats game, a nice new stadium up there in Fredericksburg. So there's no shortage of great places to watch a game in Virginia. And you should definitely make it down to Pulaski when you get a chance. That is a beautiful ballpark. Yeah, yeah I, I was at Fredericksburg on Sunday um, for the first game. I, I've been there for media day back in April. But yeah, great. I just didn't realize how nice of a park that was with the signage and just a perfect setup for fans. And then planning to be in Richmond on Thursday night to see Harrisburg play. I, I try to get to Richmond at least once a year, so looking forward to that. Um, was there last last summer with some friends from Richmond. We got to see Adley Richmond play for Bowie, and of course now he's tearing it up with the Orioles. So, yeah, um, this book has made me want to see other parts of I had thought I'd been to pretty much every place in Virginia, but there's still places I'd like to get to. Speaking of beautiful stadiums in the uh, in the state, I like the section about the history of minor league baseball here in Richmond. And uh, I, don't, I don't. Some people might not call it a beautiful stadium, but I do love the Diamond. I think it's a great place to watch a game. It's not. It's not modern. It's not new, but it has right. a lot of history, which is what we what we're talking about today. And that's what I love about it. I remember when I first moved to Richmond was during the height of the pandemic and so there was no minor league baseball mm-hmm. but they were hosting movie nights and you could sit oh, yeah. on the outfield yeah. and watch a game on the on the scoreboard and mm-hmm. i was sitting out there and i was just thinking about all the great players who had played on that field and now they're gonna get rid of it so i i, I love the diamond i know that minor league and major league baseball have higher standards so I know its time is limited, but I do think it's a great place to watch a game. I, I think that the upper deck, you know, being able to have sit in the upper deck at a minor league game is kind of cool. I mean, that's where we sat last summer, so that gives a unique perspective to, to the diamond. Um, I got to see the AAA All-Star game back in the 1990s. I think they played the Pacific Coast League, so I was there for that. And 
going way back to, to Parker Field. And, you know, and we do have that in the book. We tried to put a little bit in the history of, of all the minor league teams, such as Rip, Richmond, Norfolk. I mean, Norfolk, of course, in the 1980s was, was, was affiliated with the Mets and helped uh, that helped the Mets, you know, develop a, a World Series winner in 1986. And, you know, for old-time fans, I mean, again, I tell people, you could write a book about just the history of baseball in Richmond, you know, you had the Yankees affiliates back in the 50s and 60s, so those great Yankee teams, you know, a lot of their guys were playing AAA and eventually went up to the majors and helped them win World Series. So we tried to include some of that in the book. We tried to include little bits of history. You know, the first University of Virginia game was in the 1880s, but um, not a lot of history, but we wanted to include some. Of course, yeah. Well, it looks like a really detailed book you guys really did a a good job with this putting this all together uh i'm sure a lot of people are really enjoying going through this and reading all the stories of baseball in virginia Uh, so the minor league season is winding down a lot of the or probably most of the summer leagues are done at this point so do you have plans to travel to any more games this summer or are you kind of winding down as well yeah like i said um Plan to be in Richmond on Thursday night um, again for the series with Harrisburg, which is of course a Nats affiliate. So then, yeah, we're um, I, like I said, I'd wanted to go back to Lynchburg if, if Chase DeWater was starting his pro career there. Of course, the Jamie first round pick. That might be about it. I was at Norfolk in in May um, to see the Tides. So yeah, we're we're kind of winding down. I mean, I, I was able to see some of the county league playoffs and saw the Turks a couple times this summer. So, yeah, I'll see maybe some Nationals games in September. And, and I'll keep on looking for Virginia angles. I mean, when visiting teams come into Washington, I'm always checking out. Well, Oakland is in town this week. And, of course, Chad Pender um, is a Virginia Tech product from, uh, I think, the Richmond area. Um, and he's mentioned in the book. We didn't do a chapter on him, but he is mentioned in the book. So I'm always on the lookout for – for Virginia angles and like I said we can we can update the book and Amazon allows us to do that which is really cool so for folks out there that are interested in this book where can they uh, get a copy of it so yeah probably the two best places are um, on Amazon if you simply type from Tidewater to the Shenandoah um, and put Lacey's name or, or my name David Driver it should show up almost right away uh, on Amazon, and then another easy way is my website, Dayton, like David dot com. So it's Dayton, like the town near Harrisonburg, DaytonDavid.com. and then in the very top right hand corner of the website, there's a link right to the Amazon site. So that that's an easy way to do it as well. And um, hopefully, um, I'll keep people posted. We we'd like to get the book into bookstores in Richmond and Harrisonburg. Um, and even Northern Virginia, we're work, we'll probably work on that in the fall. Um, actually, for your Harrisonburg listeners, as of Thursday, hopefully I will have a couple copies at the Oasis um, Art Studio, I guess, in downtown Harrisonburg. I'm dropping some off on Thursday, so there'll be some available there. And then we're going to try to get some in bookstores in Vienna and Richmond if we can. So, um that's that's one of our goals for once the baseball season is over is to try to, you know, most people obviously these days shop online, but we do want to try to make it available to people, you know, um, that, that aren't able to go online. All right. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast and congratulations on getting this book done and getting it out there. It looks like it's a really well done book. 
Great. Thanks so much for your support, and um, we really appreciate it, and uh, really enjoy being on. Thanks again to David Driver for joining us on today's episode of the podcast, breaking down his new book. Like he said, you can get it on Amazon or on his website, DaytonDriver.com. I hope you all check it out. It really is a fantastic book, really well done, really detailed, telling the story of baseball throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's a really, really good book if you are a Virginia baseball fan, which I'm sure all of you are. Uh, A couple other news and notes around the baseball world today, since we didn't really get to go into what's going on around Major League Baseball that much. Albert Pujols, he's getting close. 694 career home runs. He hit one last night for the Cardinals against the Reds. That's home run number 694 for his career. He is six away from hitting 700 He's only two away from tying Alex Rodriguez for fourth on the all-time home run list. I think he can get there. I don't know if he's got six more home runs in him as we get ready to enter the last month of the regular season. Another home run race to watch. Aaron Judge hit 50 last night for the Yankees. So he's at the half-century mark for the season. He needs 12 more if he's going to break the Roger Maris home run record so he's getting close to breaking that threshold I don't know that he can hit 12 in the last month of the season if you look at what he's done so far this year he's had some really good months but recently it hasn't been as great he hit 12 home runs in May he hit 13 in July But he only hit 8 in August. I don't know if he can hit 12 more in September. I hope he can. It would be really, really cool to see someone reach that mark. But I don't know if he's got it in him. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Keeping an eye on Albert Pujols the rest of the season as well. So that's what we've got going on in Major League Baseball this week. Uh, Today, the Braves start a series against the Rockies at home. Not a whole lot of really exciting series going on around Major League Baseball. The Giants are hosting the Padres. The Mets and the Dodgers, actually, that is the series to keep an eye on this week. That begins tonight in New York. Mets and Dodgers to the two top teams in the National League. So actually keep an eye on that series this week. That's what we've got going on this week in Major League Baseball. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks to David Driver for joining me on today's episode and we will see you next week thanks for listening to the foul ball area podcast make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out